what we were engaged for a while, we broke off the engagement for maybe three weeks and then we got back together and then we were married for probably, uh, I married her out of guilt because I felt bad for the, the my transgressions. As I was like dumb and I was like, oh, I, should, I shouldn't have done that. I'm gonna be honest with her. I'm gonna be a good man. I'm gonna be faithful now. Like I got it out of my system. I'm gonna start a marriage. I want it to be on a solid foundation. So I'll tell her that. And that just started things off rocky because she had trust issues from the jump. And I had trust issues with her also before. That's kind of why I broke it off. So now we both kind of had trust issues, but I was kind of the underdog because I was like, I gotta prove myself. I gotta, I gotta you know, show this woman that I can be a husband and prove my parents wrong and be like, no, it's I'm gonna be fine married at 20, 21 years old in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is what I'm supposed to do. I got my life together. I can do this. And it was like trying to put together a, a, a broken car without a manual. It was like, I, I'm not going to be able to make this happen. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to Single You, the podcast. I'm your host, Rika. I'm a dog mom of two Precious sweet pit bulls. I'm a lover of Will Smith. I mean, literally, since I was nine, I have a problem. Mm -hmm. I finally started rocking my curly fro back in 2017 and never looked back. It's been a journey. I'm a motivational speaker, the single girl's life coach, the CEO and founder of Single You Academy, my online community for women. And you'll often hear me say that singleness is not a punishment. Your single season is not a season to endure, sweetheart. It's a life and a life worth living. You just got to design it. Now, my intention with Single You Academy is to help you discover your worth, girl, so that you can stop tying your identity to men and stop being a people pleaser. And I know you hear all the gurus say, you need to love yourself, you need to know yourself. What, what is that Drake song? Know yourself, know your worth. <laughs> we hear these things all the time, but sometimes we don't know where to start. That's where I come in. I can get you started. If you reach out your hand, I will grab it. So reach out to me if you need to on Instagram. You can slide into my DMs. Or if you don't have Instagram, you can email me as well. And I'll put those in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to Single You, the podcast. Rate it or share it with someone you feel could use a message like this. Thank you for listening. And let's get into the episode. Today's episode is with my friend Riggs. His first name is really Andy, but his radio name is Riggs. And he was married in his early 20s, and that didn't last. But why? We're going to discuss that in this episode. Now, he's been married over 10 years. They've been together over 12 years, and it is lasting, and it is happy and healthy. Why? We're going to cover that in this episode. We're also going to cover the three things not to do in a relationship the three things that is keeping their marriage happy. I want you to take those tangible tips, three things that is keeping their marriage happy. When's the last time somebody told you those? <laughs> or told you that? Plus, we're gonna cover the fact that they don't have kids. And these are millennials. Riggs, my friend, 38 years old. His wife is a little bit older. They decided 12 years ago that they would not have kids. And he explains why. Not that he had to explain. That is not why I asked. I just want him to get that information out there so that you know you can make the best choice for you. 
We need to normalize just being okay with people making decisions for their life. If it doesn't affect you, why do you care? And so that's why I ask those questions. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. Please rate this podcast. Subscribe, please. Uh, I'm looking for 100 ratings. I think I'm at like 16. If you could just rate this podcast as you're listening, tell me one tangible tip you took away from any of my episodes as you rate it. That'll work. Or you can just say, I love the podcast. Please give me a rating and reach out to me if you need to. Obviously, I'm on Instagram as just me, Rika. My Instagram, Riggs's information will be in the show notes. All right, let's get into the episode from never getting married again to happily ever after. What's the difference? Let's talk to Riggs. Can I say that I, I'm glad that you brought your big hair back and I love the fro that you brought back too. Like, I love it. Thank you. I know because when I knew you, my hair was straight. I was still in this, I have to straighten my hair phase. Oh, and, you're doing um, that for a man. No, I just, to be honest, like I never really, so back in the eighties and nineties, straight hair was the thing. Like I wanted to be a Leah, right? So like, I, like I literally was a Leah every spirit week in high school. <laughs> I would always be Aaliyah, right? And so yeah. that was just the thing. So I didn't even know that curly hair, I don't even think I knew that I had curly hair. I just thought, oh, my hair is frizzy, so I need to straighten, straighten it, it. Yeah. right? Like I just grew up like that. Like we, you just straighten your hair. That's how and we then, are as humans, Rika. Sometimes we feel like we're frizzy and we wanna straighten ourselves out, but you exactly. should just be a frizzy person, it's fine. Exactly. Exactly. So then, um, <laughs> oh, what's up, DJ? Hey, guys. Okay, we're going to, obviously, this is, the singleness is not a punishment platform. I'm going to introduce you to Riggs, but can you tell me if you can hear me? Because I, you know, technology sometimes does funny me too. And also, I'm sharing the page, so just stand by for like two minutes. Type the word elephant. Type it. Like I want to see it. Yes. <laughs> we can hear me too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I straightened my hair back then. And then, you know, the 2000s popped off. I went to Howard. I got a little bit more comfortable in who I was and in being a black woman and this and that. And then I remember asking my cousin, Cassandra, shout out to my cousin, Cassandra, who was my age when I was born, basically. So I was like her Barbie doll. And she would watch me all the time. And my mom couldn't do my hair. Like I was my hair. <laughs> Not this fro. Oh my God. My mom was like, I could not do this girl's hair. Can you do it for me? So she would do my hair all the time. And so I asked her, I said, I want to go on this curly hair journey because I think I have curls. What was my hair like when I was little? And she was like, um, you had ringlets. And I always wondered why you straightened your hair. And I was like, and I started that journey in 2017. And um, I can post the pictures later, but I definitely have the day I started up until like maybe last year. I mean, obviously this year too, because I've been taking pictures and the difference. And honestly, I think that that is what started me. That is what gave me more permission to be more of who I am and more comfortable in my space. Because if I, it took about a year for my hair to look normal curly instead of I was transitioning from straight to wavy to right. And so if I can have the patience for that, I was like, dude, I can do anything. <laughs> like, it's what? Amazing. 
hair can do for a woman. Like that's there's a reason that women you know cut their hair after a breakup and stuff like that. It's just it's a it's a change. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, my hair really gave me my superpower, and then I just kept tapping into that, and that's why I have this, a platform now, right? <laughs> this is this is twenty dollars at Sport Clips, and then I go like this, and I'm done. There you go. I love it. There you go. All right, I'm just gonna make sure I put it in my singleness is not a punishment group chat, and then I will pull up your comments. Please share as you're watching this. As you know, every week I tell you it helps the Facebook algorithm. You share and Mark Zuckerberg goes, oh, people care about Rika. Let me put it to other people. So if you could share the video as you're watching and maybe even drop a comment that says, hey, I, or elephant, drop that comment and then we'll be ready to go. I'm just gonna pull up the video now so I can make sure I see your comments because if you have any questions, you know, I love, you know, I love questions. Singleness is not a punishment, correct? That is my group, but it's a private group. Okay. But Just Me, Rika Inspires is my brand page. What up, DJ? It's my cousin. Oh, let me, okay, there we go. DJ, what you laughing at? Talking about LMAO. what I say about my hair? And also DJ, I got your message, but then I was doing this. So I was like, I'm gonna call my cousin later. Um, okay, so. Here we go. Another episode of basically on Facebook, I call it Singleness is Not a Punishment, the series. And then I put it on my podcast, Single You the Podcast. I am crossing platforms here, which really helps me in the game of being consistent. And so Riggs, as you see on the screen, um, has been a friend of mine for eight plus five years what is that because i've been here eight years in july and i was in indianapolis for five years yeah you were working there when i started i believe because you were working the midday show and yeah. i did the night show yes yes so i've known Riggs for a while mm -hmm. um since basically i was 25 or 26 we're now both well you just turned 38 i'll be 38 in july so we're literally the same age um and we caught up during this covid season um, unfortunately, we've had some friends pass away um, and the radio family that I have basically grew or whatever, we, we try to stay up with each other. Like, where are you? How are you? What's going on? And blah, blah, blah. And so you and I caught up during this COVID time and we just had a really good conversation and what you're doing and what I'm doing. And hold on, I need to log out of my Facebook. I always- Speaking of mutual friends, you know, our mutual friend Rain is on the beach now. You heard about that? He's on the beach. Oh, he, oh, 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 no, I don't like that. I know, reach out yeah. to him. Oh, okay. I'm sure I'm telling you this on a Facebook live, but it's out there, so. I know, oh no, I didn't know that. I don't think, cause you know how Facebook, um, you um, only get a certain number of people. Yeah. So I never get um, Rain's like updates or anything. So I'm sure he posted about it. So I will send him a text after this. That's good to know. Yeah, radio is a fickle business. That yeah. the fact that Rika did it for so long and I've been doing it for 22 years now, like yeah. they can. I've had, this happened to me before, where I literally walk in an office on a random Thursday morning at 9 a.m. and there's the HR woman, yeah. and they go, "We're changing to classic country," and I'm in Chattanooga, <laughs> Tennessee, and I'm like, "What?" Right, right. We went from playing Kesha to Hank Williams, and I was like, "Why?" But you are still in radio. I, I, yeah. I, I'm saying that all to say to introduce Andy Riggs. I call him Riggs. He's yeah. Riggs on the radio. His podcast is Riggs off the radio. Yeah. Um, and I say that to say you are in radio. I'm in radio still. I cannot believe that both of us, like you just said, to your point, 
we're yeah. still radio in this industry that Very is really okay let's you know what before we get into the relationship stuff this episode is titled from never getting married again because you were married uh twice never getting married again to happily married and i want to talk about the difference between those relationships what you learned what your parents taught you but before we get into that and everybody's saying hi they can't hear me what up yes i wanted to be a leah dj shut up <laughs> rest in peace all. um so before we, yeah before we get into that let's talk about radio real quick because i get this question all the time like where do you think radio is going i want to hear your answer me i think radio is going to be fine radio needs to evolve though because the world is evolving the world is getting more digital and as long as radio stays online and stays like doing things like this and we keep up with things on like TikTok, as goofy as they are and we move with the times, I think radio is going to be fine. I think it's going to change and there will be a lot less people working in radio and it's going to be a lot harder to get into radio, unfortunately. So yeah. it's shrinking, but it's not going away. Just like local TV is not going away. I don't yeah. think print will go away forever. I think it'll be much fewer publications like different newspapers, not as many, but I don't think that's ever going to go away. People are always going to want to have something tangible to hold on to and read. People are always going to need local community information when there's closings, when there's delays, when there's um, horrible, horrible incidents that happen sometimes in the news that we need to break and let our listeners know about. In times of disaster, radio has been there. Like when Katrina hit, radio was one of the only mediums that was still functioning because everything else was down. But radio can still reach people because we're free and it's just on a transmitter. All you need is a transistor. So yeah. radio will always be here. It's just it needs to change and it needs to keep up with the times. And I think it's doing well. And the company I work for, radio.com, it's a intercom. Uh, they do a really good job of that. So as long as we keep up with the times, we'll be fine. Right. So both of us are in radio, obviously, where you have been doing a morning show for like seven, eight years now. Ten. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. I've, been, I've been in Milwaukee for 10 years which is the longest stay I've been anywhere in my life. Yeah, me too. Well, besides like growing up in Seattle. Yeah. And then when I left to go to Howard University, I had not lived in one, I mean, Indianapolis was a long stay, but that was only five years. Now, yeah, yeah. And um, I will, in July, it'll be eight years here in the Tri-Cities, which is three hours, three and a half hours outside of Seattle, but, so I used to do the morning show, just stepped down in September. And so now I'm part-time, but both of us have a podcast. Why? <laughs> like we're, we're in radio, but now we have a podcast where we used to laugh at that. Like, oh, those are people who just want to play around and act like they're radio personalities. That's part of radio evolving is, is having, having a brand off of the radio, hence my podcast rigs off the radio. Um, I think it's important because you can only say so much on the radio. You're kind of constricted as far as time. You have to play music. You have to play commercials. You always have to, well, we have to take a break. We'll, have, we'll be right back after this. With a podcast, you can go and like we're doing here. And I think it's really important. And that's why I focus on mental health with mine because we can only talk about it so much on the radio, but you can really expand and get in depth with somebody's story about how they dealt with depression or suicidal thoughts or talking with a anxiety expert about, um, you know, OCD or talking to a, a neuro, uh, I've talked to a neuropsychologist about how your brain, how your, you can train your brain basically to not get Alzheimer's when you're older. You can, that yeah. there's ways that you can do this with your mind. It's fascinating. So you can really expand on things with a podcast. So what we have as an advantage is radio people though, 
is we know how to do it to make it sound good because we've already been doing it on the radio. So you and I have an advantage over Mark in his basement. So <laughs> right, right. But but even with that, I feel like they're catching up because all this technology, your phone, um, anchor you can use and stuff. And you know, um, I, I wish that that's one of the reasons why I had to step down because the conversations that I wanted to have were now deeper than talking about the Kardashians. I don't care that Kanye and Kim are getting divorced. I don't want to talk about it. I don't care. And so in a morning setting, you know, your breaks are longer than 30 seconds or 60 seconds. And yeah. I just didn't want to do that anymore. And so now I'm part-time, I'm on 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., but it's tracked. And so, yeah, I just pick the biggest headlines of the day. I do the show and I'm out. Like, because I, I no longer have to craft longer breaks, figure out what we're going to talk about, the funny, do the bits, this and that. I just didn't want to do that anymore. And so that's why I definitely started my podcast because I knew that relationships, this is what I wanted to do. And, and I, I tried and I did ask, I wanted to change up what I was doing, but in pop radio is just, once you start that way, it's just too late to change in my opinion, which is why I started the podcast. Sure. And, and I'm sure you feel the same. Like you said, you're talking about your brains and you're in psychology now, you're going back to school for that. You can't bring that to a pop station, not really. You like can in chunks, in chunks, but yeah. you can't really get deep with it. And you need to get deep with it, especially with mental health. So, yeah, yeah exactly. And so, and um, relationships too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I feel bad because, and then uh, one more point on radio, and then we'll get to the relationship stuff because I know that's what you're waiting for. I see everybody watching. Hi. Um, I, I feel bad when a lot of teachers want me to come talk to students about how to get into radio because I'm like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't, you're right. I don't, say, I don't say don't. I say study something else and follow radio as a passion and see what happens, but always have a backup plan. And that's what I'm doing. You said going back to school, it's, it's my backup plan. It's like my lifeboat that I'm building. So if something happens in radio, I have a lifeboat. I can get in there, grab my wife and we're off and I can your, do something. Your backup else. plan to 22 years of radio. <laughs> you made it. This would be, <laughs> this would be like, I feel like I already made it in radio. Like I made it, been there, done that. Okay. Moving on. Uh, but if you ask me right now, what would I do if I lost my job tomorrow? It, there was a point where I said, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. But now I can tell you, I would continue my podcast. I would work towards you know, helping people with mental health. I would work towards getting my clinical psychology degree and opening my own practice and having my own like practice where I can have people come in. I want to charge as little as possible and offer as much help as possible because that's such a lacking thing in our, in our society right now is mental health care. Absolutely. So. As, and us millennials, I feel like we're definitely the forefront of that. And then Gen Z behind us, they're like all about it. Um, yeah, they're happy that we're talking about it. They're like, yes. Yeah, they're like, finally. Like there, there was a meme that was going around um, that said, baby boomers be like, oh, just pray about it, sweep it under the rug. Millennials be like, you know what my therapist told me today? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yup. We just, I guess, I don't even know where that comes from, but I guess we just got more comfortable in speaking our truth, speaking up for ourselves, um, yeah. especially women, which is why I love your podcast because you do talk to men, you are a man. And mm -hmm. I feel like men do not talk about their feelings at all. No, we're not really good at it. Men are always quiet and men are, men internalize things a lot. So yeah. my podcast really focuses on getting men to open up. And so what I do is I look for things that interest me as a man uh, with mental health and I just put it out there and I've got several friends that I've talked to and I've talked them into going to therapy because I've seen some of my male friends that are just burying these issues and they've like 
they've lost their parents and they've had bad relationships. I have a friend that had, he's 26, he had COVID. He was in the ICU, he almost died twice. He got out of the hospital, he recovered. He gets into a relationship, gets engaged, his house burns down. He loses his father from cancer. And this is all within the span of like two or three years. And this guy was telling me to my face, I'm fine, I'm fine. You're not. Dude, it's okay to not be okay. That's a lot of shit to happen to somebody, to one person over the span of a couple of years. So I've seen him transform into a completely different human since he's been going to therapy and he sends me updates afterwards. And I want to be able to do that for people one day because that's that really, it, it makes me, it's, it fulfills me much like it fulfills you to yeah. be able to help people who've, who've been in a situation like yours. And I've had friends that have been in depression and I've lost friends and relatives to suicide. And I know I've seen it firsthand where people are suffering. Yeah. I've even seen it blindly too, where I think everything is fine and it's not. So I've had, I've walked in those shoes with other people and I don't, I don't want to see anybody ever suffer in silence. That just, that it breaks my heart that somebody is to a point where they want to end their life. Like that's, that's deep and we shouldn't be afraid to talk about that. So that's right. what I do with my podcast. So right. I don't forget right. to off topic. Sorry. No, no, no. I just, I, you know, this is, this is refreshing. You know, all of my yeah. conversations definitely start with the relationships and stuff because I don't have a background with them as you know much as I do you with radio and stuff but it, it does bring my point in to you know radio is great but now we need to be having deeper conversations to move us along especially yeah. in this new world we're in this COVID world and I do believe that it all starts with relationships relationship with self relationships with other people if we could be better at that I, I just truly believe my theory is we would be better off, but none of us have had the conversations around what makes a healthy relationship versus unhealthy relationship. So let's get into that. Um, so today's um, topic, today's episode title is from never getting married again to happily ever after. And that's the story that Riggs has. Um, I've known him and his wife for a while now. I didn't even know you were married before until you told me. I, I don't. I don't know if we had that conversation before this year. I wasn't sure. I don't know. But I wanted to to bring that up because I think that there's beauty in that to heal from the trauma you went through or whatever you went through, and we're going to get into and now be in your happy, loving relationship with Ilana, which I think is beautiful. So as far as healthy versus unhealthy relationships, do you feel like you as little rigs had those conversations with your parents or whoever? No, never. Yeah. And I never really encountered healthy relationships as a kid either, because when I was maybe two years old, um, my father decided that while my mother was pregnant with my sister, that he was going to go and see another woman. So two-year-old me, two-year-old innocent me doesn't know what's going on. But now looking back, I see the trauma that my mother went through. But and there's pictures of me on my first birthday sitting on his lap. And you can tell he just doesn't want to be there. So I've, um, then my sister passed away, my young sister. She was maybe three months old. Um, and this is still my father at the time, my biological father. I call him my sperm donor because that's all he was to me. <laughs> yeah. Part one of my father, my daddy issues. I got him. I got daddy issues. Yeah. Um, so I, off the bat, I was just, I never really 
thought about relationships. I was always in a family environment. So my grandmother, my aunts and my uncles, they all helped to raise me while my mom dealt with her trauma and her issues. Cause my mom went through a lot when she was younger and she had me at a very young age at 19. So yeah, young and when she got married and she had me and I think part of me and when I got in my first relationship, um, I think I took that genetically from my mom because I felt like I needed to be in a marriage right away. That was, I didn't really know what a good marriage was, but I knew that I needed to be in a relationship of some sort. I've always, I was always a, a, a serial dater, I guess you could say. I loved being in relationships. So I thought oh. that it was, you needed to get in a relationship and get married. That's what you had to do. Right, right. Oh, God. I, I, let me write that down to go back to that because I, I feel like I've said that before. But what I wanted to go back to is, so your parents split. Yeah. D does your dad just, he's just out of the picture now? He bounced in and out of my life when it was convenient for him. Uh, when my, my mother remarried in 1988 and he wanted to sign away all the rights to me, he didn't want to have to pay child support. So he said, if I sign him away and give him up for adoption, do I have to pay child support? And they said, no. And he goes, well, here, I'll just sign him over. So he adopted uh, my stepfather. Now I called him my real father when they got married in 1988. Uh, he adopted me, took me on as his own. And they waited a couple of years to even have kids just to make sure that I was good with him as the new father figure in my life. Because before him, I didn't really have a father figure. In fact, I even I even concocted an imaginary friend in my brain named yeah. Fit, who was a literal imaginary friend that I had when I, when I was growing up. And I've realized now, looking back psychologically, that was me creating a father figure in my mind. Coping. I was going to say coping with what you went through, but like your parents, your stepdad and your mom, probably did. Or or let me ask you, did they even know? that my child is going through something traumatic, so I need to put him in counseling or anything like that. Did that ever no. happen? My, my friend Fit honestly was like a real person. Like, and when my mom remarried, my friend Fit died. You can, this is 100% legit. Like I was crying as a child in my room because my imaginary friend died. <laughs> but, it, but I was like, I'm okay because I had my new dad now. So I was like, oh, I was grieving the loss of this. So. I think even at a young age, I was kind of in tune with my my mental health a little bit. Just I didn't know what it was. I was like grieving and processing different things that had happened to me in my own way. But I was never in counseling as a kid. No, probably should have been looking back. It yeah, been they, they don't. They don't. They don't know. I assume your 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 mom and your stepdad or your parents are baby boomers like my parents, right? Yes. Yeah. So come on. <laughs> Baby boomers were not like, you know what? We need to go to counseling. That was <laughs> Let's have a sit down and talk about your feelings. Right. Let's get into the feelings. How did I mess you up as a parent? Like they just, that was not Boomer, like, no, that whole generation is like, ah, you know what? That's just a thing you're going through. Depression is just a phase. No, oh, you'll get over. Just cry. You'll be pray about it. Sweep it under the rug. You'll be fine. Bless their heart, because they I mean it obviously came from their parents as well. Yeah, um, you know the parent, the, the children of war parents. Come on, they definitely yeah. weren't. So when I saw my mom remarry in '88, my then stepfather who adopted me, um, for 30 years that they were married, uh, he was in my eyes an awesome father to me. He took me to baseball games; was great to me. He was uh, great to my mom, from what I saw. I mean, they, they put on a really great show for me, and I say that because after 30 years they got divorced. I didn't see it coming. And my mom said that she didn't see it coming either. So it was kind of out of the blue. And 
I'm learning a little bit about what happened, but I don't want to know too much because that's honestly none of my business. That's their and relationship. Their parents. That's weird. I don't want to know too much about my parents. Either. That's weird. No. But it, but I start to second guess everything. I mean, there were my my stepdad, John. I mean, he's treated my mother well, so I saw what a marriage could be like because he was he put her on a pedestal. He put her first. He was always concerned about her. He like, Did you reach out to your mom? Have you talked to your mom? He was always because uh, my mom has still been through a lot, even after that, she's had some other episodes. She lost her brother, my uncle, to suicide. And she went through that. So my mom's been through a lot, but my father always put her first. And I always thought that, I always sensed that it was almost to a fault because he was putting her first so much. I don't know if it was because he genuinely cared, maybe it was, or because he was doing something on the side and felt bad about it. And I, I don't know. So I second guess everything about that. So everything I know about relationships and marriages, I've kind of cherry picked from what not to do yeah. and plugged it into what to do because I think some of the greatest lessons in life are what not to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you did say that. So um before I have guests on, you know, I always send a questionnaire or whatever and I asked you, you know, what did you learn from your mom? And you said I learned a lot of things, a lot of what not to do. Could you name some, maybe three if you can? What not to do in a relationship? Yeah, what not to do. Yeah. Like what what not what did you learn where you're like me and Ilana do not do that. <laughs> right. Um, holding in, um, like having, having, harboring resentment about things, like even if it's the smallest problem ever, um, just holding them in, I, I always felt was, was wrong because I would hear both sides of an argument when I was little mm -hmm. and they would never talk to each other about it. Or I don't, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. But um, that's always been a big thing with me and in my marriage now and with Ilana too is that we don't let anything go like if we have an issue even if it's small we bring it up and we talk about it like immediately and even if it starts a little bit of an argument having a conversation hey look something that you did the other day that kind of bothered me that you like she'll she'll say that you overreacted about something well what was it that i overreacted about yeah. well this happened oh i remember that i overreacted because of this we communicate and then we realize what happened and it's not an argument it's just a discussion and we move forward with our lives. I honestly can count on one hand how many times we've had knockdown, drag out, argument fights. Yeah. And yeah. it's probably too many fingers too. I would probably have fingers left over because we just don't do that. We've been married for 10 years, together for 12. I that is a re all the time. All yeah, the time. That is a reoccurring theme with the married people I talk to. They're like, we don't fight. What is what is that? Like, if I have an issue, I bring it up and then it's over. Um, and unfortunately, society will tell you that dysfunctional relationships arguing is the no it's just normal. Like, oh, that's relationships are hard, so that's just normal. I don't know if you're watching um, Bling Empire on Netflix by chance. No, it's on my list. Yeah. So when you watch it, we can talk about Kelly and Andrew's relationship. And I hate it. I hate them the perpetuation of, oh, this is just normal. Relationships are like this. No, it's not. He is clearly cussing you clean out yeah. in person, in front of people, on the phone, behind the scenes. And you just think that's normal. I, that's what I'm pushing up against with my platform. Like this is not normal and it doesn't have to be this way. And I know that you haven't had these conversations about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship but that's why I'm here, right? That's why me and Riggs are here. 
Yeah. Leslie says, uh, thank you for putting your true feelings out there. Thank you for watching, Leslie. For anybody <laughs> watching, if you could please share this video. Thank you for spending time with us. Please I share, share it on my video. page. I don't know who's watching. So, so yeah, the first thing is always talk about things. Always communicate. Right. Always talk. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, because I've, I've learned that not talking about it obviously creates problems. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think is um, don't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> again say it again please for the people like, back there there's like, people back there that need to hear it like if you want to be with someone else then tell your partner and then go be with someone else like there's nothing wrong with that it happens to people but do it in that in that manner like if you've come to that conclusion that you're genuinely not happy talk, first of all talk about why you're not happy make sure you are with your part with your partner and then leave if you need to leave. Sometimes you need to and like do that before because carrying on a relationship and an affair and all that, that's just, that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, 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 you are in more pain. You put somebody through more pain and even yourself when you do the sneaky route. Yeah. Just, I would rather somebody be like, you know what? Yeah. Even after 30 years or 10 years, not to say that it wouldn't hurt. That's number but two. I would, yeah. I would just be like, I would rather you be like, you know what, Rika, I want to go ahead and be with Ashley over here. So this ain't gonna work. People are gonna respect, I would respect if my wife and we both said this, we were like, if we ever want to be with someone else and we're like done with the marriage, first we'll talk about why and we'll try to resolve it. And then you go and be with someone else. That's how you work it. That's how you work it out. So that's number two is don't cheat. <laughs> Love it. I'm writing these down, by the way. I think the other one is keep your circle small when you need to talk about things, because I know sometimes if you have an issue with someone that you're with you may want to run it by somebody like a friend or somebody but make sure you keep that circle small because have like one person that you go to for advice because i think we all sometimes need a friend someone to bounce something off of am i overreacting am i overthinking this do i even need to bring this up especially for really really sensitive topics i think sometimes yeah. but if you do i mean don't talk to 10 friends before you talk to your partner about it i mean then you're just formulating all these opinions from all these other people and all these other people know about it. And then what if that gets back around to your spouse? And then, well, why didn't you come to me first about it? So if you're going to talk to somebody about your problems, it's good to have a friend to bounce them something off of, but keep that circle small because I, I always remember in my relationships, they would talk about their problems with so many other people instead of talking to each other. Right. And I always thought it was like, why don't you just talk to each other first? Like that's where the problem is. Like go to the root of the problem instead of you know cutting off the leaves just go to the root of the tree you know right. instead right. of just pruning branches right i love that so that that is your your happily ever after let's get let's go back to the part where you said you feel like you kind of learned about dating with your mom and so you got into a relationship because you felt like well that's what people do people date so yeah. i need to be in a relationship which honestly all of my clients every single one i ask them why are you dating? Why do you want to be married? And their their answer after crickets is, well, that's just what people do. True, we do have a de desire to be in a relationship, but I bet you your desire isn't, you know what? I want to be in a dysfunctional relationship. I want to <laughs> on. I want to be cussed out. I want to pull my hair out of That's the kind of relationship I want to be in. It's yeah. not, there's no way you would say that. So I'm like, so you need to learn how to be in a relationship. But anyway, back to you. So you get into your relationship when you're young, your first marriage. Let's talk about that first Oof. marriage, that story. Oof. That was when I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That was that was 20 year old Riggs. 
Okay. We thought, oh, I, I met someone and we're in love and I popped the question and now we're going to get married. And my parents were like, whoa, this is really quick and really too soon, but okay, if that's what you want to do. And at one point I started second guessing myself and I broke off the engagement and I wound up like having a sowing wild oats session because I was like, well, I'm single now. So I started, you know, sowing my wild oats. And then I thought, this is what I really want. I should be married. So I went back and she took me back and I told her about what I did, which I felt like going into that marriage that I should be honest about what had happened while we weren't together for some reason. So you guys were separated, but not divorced. Right. We were on a break. We were right. on a break. Okay, Ross. Um, right. no, yeah. So how long were you guys married before you separated? What well, we were engaged for a while. We broke off the engagement for maybe three weeks and then we got back together and then we were married for probably, uh, I married her out of guilt because I felt bad for the, the, my transgressions as I was like dumb. And I was like, oh, I should, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to be honest with her. I'm going to be a good man. I'm going to be faithful now. Like I got it out of my system. I'm going to start a marriage. I want it to be on a solid foundation. So I'll tell her that. And that just started things off rocky because she had trust issues from the jump. And I had trust issues with her also before that's kind of why I broke it off. So now we both kind of had trust issues, but I was kind of the underdog. Cause I was like, I got to prove myself. I got to, I got to, show this woman that I can be a husband and prove my parents wrong and be like, no, it's, I'm going to be fine married at 20, 21 years old in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is what I'm supposed to do. I got my life together. I can do this. And it was like trying to put together a, a, a broken car without a manual. It was like, I, I'm not going to be able to make this happen. Like I just, it was failed. It should have stayed. I should have broke off the engagement and just not gotten back together. Yeah. But I, I, I don't understand the, I know that it happens, but that's obviously a sign that you're not meant to be the revolving door of breaking up and getting back together, breaking up and getting yeah. back together, breaking like it's just not a that that's just, we just why are we here? Right. Um, and I want to put a pin in that because I that that is a good lesson for somebody listening right now who's single and they hate their singleness. You know me, I'm always like singleness is not a punishment. You are worthy regardless of your relationship status. But what I heard you say was one of the things that I felt and why I was in my abusive relationship longer than I should have been is because I felt like leaving somebody made you a bad person. Yeah. Like, oh, if I break up, then I'm a bad Christian because I'm supposed to give people a second yeah. chance or a third chance or... <laughs> oh, I was like, and now I'm getting divorced and I didn't get married in a church like my parents had wanted. You know, I was raised Catholic, so right. it was right. pretty... Yeah. I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore. I'm still I'm spirit. I'm spiritualist. I believe in God. You no, know, I, I pray. My wife and I, we pray. We're spiritual together. She's like half Jewish, half Christian. So more yeah. Jewish than Christian, but I'm Catholic. Like and older than people. I love it. You're right? Jewish. Okay. I'm, you know, blinded together, blended yeah. together. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just, again, I want somebody single or somebody in a relationship that they know is not for them. Cause you knew, right? Would you say that you knew? You knew. Yeah, I did. I really did. Yeah, yeah, but but that's why is it? It just it fell apart. It just kept getting worse because the more I tried, I don't know if it was pushing her away more or what was happening, but it was just failed from the jump. And then she had addiction issues and was putting our paychecks up her nose with things. And I tried to approach her about that. And then I got to a point where I was like, "Well, I need to save this woman because she's my wife, and I need to be there for her all the time." So. 
now I'm trying to make a marriage work that shouldn't have been working. And I'm trying to save a person that doesn't want to be saved and yeah. doesn't want to be helped. Yeah. It was just a, a horrible battle. So it just yeah. it fell apart. She ended up being unfaithful and I, I found out about it. And thank God I was let go from my radio job. Remember earlier I was talking about the country station, they flipped formats, like that was a blessing in disguise that I got let go from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I could leave this horrible marriage and say, I'm done. This was bad from the jump. You need to work on you. I need to work on me. This is not something that needs to happen anymore. So I'm going to get a new job in Florida. You can stay here. And it was the easiest divorce ever because we didn't have kids. We didn't have a house. So, yeah. and I was able to be just me. And I was like, I need to be okay with just Andy, just Riggs for a while. Because right. up until then, I was trying to please other people like you are with, you tell women all the time, men do it too. Men do it too. We just want to please someone else because we think that's going to make us happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning that from, um because I do allow men, obviously, on this platform as well. I, I know when I first started, everybody thought, oh, you hate men, you're a man hater. And I'm like, uh, no, just because I um, want to uplift women doesn't mean that I hate men. But I'm also learning that, like, you guys want to be our saviors as much as sometimes we want to be the men's savior because for women, we're natural nurture, nurturers. Um, whether we have kids or not. And so when you're in these relationships, you feel like I need to take care of him. What is he going to do without me? And then you're holding on to this hope that he will become or she will become who you want them to be, right? Like I can fix them. I can put them together. I'm building a man. <laughs> this is not build a bear. People when are, I get done with this, are, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. It, it just, it, it, it is, it is what it is. Um, and so I, I, I love that you say that. So I just hope I tell all of, you know, when you're watching this on Facebook, if you're listening on my podcast, always bring a notepad when you're listening, because I want you to be writing down notes about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship, what not to do, what to do, and what have you. So that relationship ends. How old are you at this point? And you wrote off marriage, right? You were like, I'm never getting married again. Ever. I don't know if I was never getting married, but it was definitely not even on my sights anymore. I was like, I just need to focus on myself. I took a road trip across the country. I drove from Indiana to Los Angeles. I spent like, I had time in between jobs. So I just, I went off and did something I'd never done before. I was like, I'm going to drive across the country, go see some friends and just yeah. take my time. And I stayed in sleazy motels and slept in my car and listened to the Steve Miller band and crappy music and my CD player. And I stopped at random dive bars and got drunk with local people. And I just, I made a whole experience with it. It was like a, uh, what do you call it? The, um, the under the Tuscan sun moment for a guy, but <laughs> across the country, yeah. I, just, I just went across the country and just had fun. I visited friends and I, I did something I'd never done before. And I really got in touch with myself in that it was like three weeks that I was out. And yeah. I spent How a lot of time. You at that moment. I want to say I was 23 or 24 at that moment. That was right before I went to Florida for a job. So and I was gonna say you were in Florida, you were doing radio. Yeah. So when you got to Florida, did you feel refreshed? And I did. And then I jumped right back into a relationship. Oh, Riggs. Riggs. <laughs> you want to know the worst part? It was somebody I worked with too. <laughs> oh, man. One of my radio mentors when I was 22, she told me never date somebody you work with in fact never date anybody in radio and I took that to heart and I just I've never done it I just I, I, I yeah I'm, I'm glad that I had hadn't so why do you think you got into that relationship obviously it wasn't it wasn't a marriage but 
why no. why do you think you got into that relationship were you still hurting from the past relationships so you're trying to something was missing so you're trying to fill it with something it's the same reason every guy gets into a relationship for the booty honestly hey at least you're honest at least Honestly, that's honestly that's what it was it was it was a is a as weird as it is to say it was it was a physical thing so like that's all I, that's all i was looking for and i kind of knew that be going into it but um that was it and i thought that there was more to it but that was just me being still holding on to that marriage thing that i had with my ex-wife now at the time because she was trying to knock back into my life and think that she could come back in and i was like no stay away i'm fine i have someone now yeah. um so it was a very confusing time. It was a, I was in Gainesville, Gainesville, Florida. It was only for like a year. So, and even in that time, my now wife came down because she works for a record label, right? So her job is to call me to play songs on the radio. So we had already had a friendship, my wife and I. We knew each other at this point. We had met even with, when I was married the first time, my now wife and I met at a radio event in Atlanta, Georgia. I just, I have a, I have a picture Still to this day, I can probably find it right now. It's me, my ex-wife, my now wife, Alana, and our, and our record rep in the same picture. So weird. <laughs> Talk about a picture that says a thousand words, right? What's that yeah. saying? Like, oh That's 10,000 words, dude. That's 10,000 words. Yeah. So, but it's not like you were cheating on your wife with your wife now. or No, I had, it was, I, had met her, I had met her in a professional setting and we had just said hello. And we were very good friends at this time. She was even engaged to somebody at this point. My, my wife was also engaged to somebody to be married because she had been married before and divorced. And then she got back together with, then she got with somebody else and she was engaged to this guy uh, when I met her. So she had come to help me in Florida to move into my new place and help me buy decorations for the bathroom. And, you know, she took me out to lunch and we, she was, we, we had fun. We talked about my stupid relationship that I was in. And yeah. So we were, we were a good friendship at that point. Right. I, and I was just about to say that, cause I want to get into to that relationship because this is your happily ever after. Yeah. Um, and next week I'm actually talking with your wife because I want to get her side of the story. Yeah. So it'll be fun to, to see what she says about your relationship and what you said. Yeah. Um, and so um, let's get to that. So obviously the girl that was just about the physical, you guys break up. Yeah. You have game. already built a friendship, some sort of friendly friendship with Ilana, even though, again, you weren't cheating. There was nothing fishy going on. Yeah. She was, but, she was, in, she was engaged to a, a man and she lived in Miami at the time, at this time. And he lived in Jacksonville, which is like five hours apart. And they were engaged, but she didn't feel like it was working out. And she may tell you all this. I don't know how deep she'll go in this, but um, she thought that she needed to be living with him to make the um, fiance thing work. Right. So he moved to Indianapolis, Indiana. And she moved to Indianapolis, Indiana as well to be with him. because She thought if we live together, then maybe things will be fine. And then I got let go from my job in Gainesville, Florida. And I moved to Indianapolis, Indiana, where I met and worked with you. And Ilana was also living in Indianapolis. But when I moved to Indianapolis, she was regretting her decision moving there with him. <laughs> and was already like, this was a big decision. She's not from Indianapolis, right? No, Where was no, she from? no. Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She lived in Miami for a while, worked there, but she moved to Indianapolis for this guy. And it just didn't work out. It just, it didn't get better. It just got worse. And I remember working at the radio station 
and calling her and she was telling me about this relationship that wasn't working and we our friendship continued through that and I was kind of there for her through the breakup of that and the more we talked the more we realized how much fun we had when we together we were together and we then realized that we met in Atlanta when I was married and she was with someone else and then we didn't talk for a while and then I moved to Florida and she came over and we hung out and we became more you know deeper friends hung out a little bit more and then Indianapolis of all places she's there and I'm there we were like if we keep crossing paths like this this is strange so there's something here yeah so I took her out on a date and I was like this is a date I'm buying and she was like no we're not going to do that this is not a date and I was like oh this is a date so I I moved in I made the move and I was like I I just I felt like there was something there and it, it felt like I wanted to take a chance on that and she did too. I think it was kind of that we already knew each other a little bit and the friendship was there. So it could easily be taken to the next level. It's just, it's some, so for some reason it felt natural and it felt right. Like it just, something was there that was clicking. Right. And I will say that's a re, a re again, with the conversation I'm having with my married friends, happily married friends and yeah. relatives, that's a reoccurring thing. We were friends first. We were friends first. So did, did you, was there any like, fear of am, am I her rebound because she's just getting out of this relationship or do you feel like enough time had passed or I honestly I never thought about that I didn't when I wanted to be with Alana I didn't think about anything in the past honestly like I wasn't thinking of her as a replacement or anything it just felt natural it just felt right because we had great conversation and we genuinely enjoy each other's time like it was for the first time it felt like a real friendship that you wanted to be romantic with as well, instead of just a friend zone friendship type thing where you have sometimes. But I was like, this is somebody that I want to be friends with and like hang out with, but I also want to make out with her because <laughs> <I'm hot. laughs> no. well, she is beautiful. I will say that. I was like both. And I was like, I was, it was, it was a weird combination of both. And it was a lot because I had, I'd never felt anything like that before because I had finally, I felt like found who I was in and out of the goofy relationship in Gainesville. And, you know, I had moved back into Indianapolis and I lived with my parents. So that's humbling when you go from moving out on your own, getting married, getting divorced, getting a new job and having it all on your own and then getting fired and having no other option, but to move in with your parents at 26 years old, that's, that's humbling. So yeah, yeah. I, was, I was, I kind of, I, I hit an interesting point in my life, uh, living back with my parents and Alana and I just, we clicked really well. So would you say, because what I hear you saying is exactly what, is exactly what um, my friend Day said. I've had her on the show. My cousin Shanice said about her fiance, I've had her on the show. It was just peaceful. It just felt like yeah. I found my little puzzle piece. <laughs> like It really so, was. Yeah, like that's so beautiful. And like, I've never had that with anybody. So I'm, I'm excited for it's that. It's cliche feeling. to say, but that's honestly what it is, Rika. That's, that's, it just, it fit together. It just worked. And I was like, okay, this is like someone that I really want to be with. Like, that for real. Beautiful. Yeah. So what do you think was different about her then? Like as a person, um, what she did, what do you think was different about her that, you were like, you know what, this is easy. I like this. <laughs> was it easy communication at first? Did you guys kind of already have that thread? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Because even before, even when she broke up with her fiance that she was living in Indianapolis with, I was kind of dating here and there with some people, but I wasn't really anything serious. I was just, you know, 
I'll go out with this girl and just go out and have a couple dates and just having fun. And I would always go back and tell her about all these dates that I was on and how lame they were. And she was, she was trying to, you know, dating a little bit and swiping online. And she was also telling me, so we found out we were meeting as friends and just complaining about the people we were with and like talking about all the things we didn't like about the other people, but still having all these wonderful things in common. And just at the end of the day, I just wanted to spend more time with her. Yeah. I kept, I kept wanting to reach back out to her and I wanted to go, you know, hang out with her at her house. And I wanted to go, I was like, even when I was with other women, like I remember going to a New Year's Eve party with this girl and I went to Alana's house before to help me get dressed and pick out a tie and everything. Oh and my I was, God. I was, like, I, I was like, I wish I was hanging out with you tonight. I was like, I really don't want to go hang out with this girl. And she was like, oh. well, you can go. He was like, you told her you'd be there. And before we, uh, before we started dating, I remember I drove through a blizzard to break up with this girl that I'd went out with before, before I would date Alana. Cause I was like, I'm going to make sure that I break off whatever I have with somebody, which goes back to the not cheating. I mean, I, I, went, I drove and I broke, I broke up with this girl that I was dating. I had, I wasn't even intimate with this woman. I just gone on three or four dates with her and I drove out to her in a snowstorm to say, Hey, um, I met someone else. You're really nice, but uh, this just isn't working out. So I told her to her face and it was weird, but I didn't care because I knew I had something better waiting for me and something right, that I right. really enjoyed. But I will say like the character of you, um, Annie Lana, to have this friendship, but not even cross boundaries um, because you were seeing other people, she was engaged. She, yeah, uh, so you didn't confuse what was happening, right? No. So I like that. I don't know if it was meant like you guys had that rule or it just happened that way. But it, it just showed, happened. Yeah, it just shows the character of you too. Not to like, well, you're seeing somebody else, so I don't have time. I'm sure Ilana was like, you seeing somebody else. I'm not about to start anything with you. Plus I'm engaged. We could be friends. Yeah. Cool. Which maybe that was a subconscious thing, not a conscious thing. But I think that's beautiful that your character, both of you guys were upstanding. Yeah. So of course you can have a great marriage. So I want to get to, um, uh, I, I, I do want to get to the fact that you guys don't have kids and that was a choice. But before we get there, I want to say, is that, are there any, when you guys got to the marriage phase, we talked about the three things you shouldn't do, what not to do. Are there maybe two or three things that you want to tell us that is working for your relationship to keep the communication open, which is why you guys have maybe argued three times, as you said earlier. Um, so could, could you give us some tips for us single people over here? <laughs> <laughs> Well, like you said, if you're single, there's nothing wrong with being single. Like, absolutely, absolutely, right, absolutely. Like, so, so if that's your bag, like that's let that be your thing. Like you right. don't, don't pine for a relationship when it's meant to be. It's gonna happen. So, um, I think the communication thing again is really talking about literally everything. Like even if it's the smallest little thing that bothers you, just bringing it up. And I think we've even turned some of our annoying quirks of one another into jokes and we have fun about it. You know, it's where it's not like an argument where we genuinely want to help each other. She has quirks with like OCD type tendencies and has some anxiety type tendencies. So I can kind of identify those even, even as a mental health advocate now and all the research I'm doing with mental health, I can kind of help her navigate through that. And she can help me navigate through my mental health struggles as well, because I struggle with a lot of a lot of anxiety issues myself and I've gone through some depressive issues as well and we can kind of pick each other up when we're down and we're good at knowing when somebody needs more than the other and I like to think of Alana and I as two complete circles 
Like I'm a complete circle and she's a complete circle and it's two circles on top of each other, right? Some people think that, well, if I'm half a circle and he's half a circle, then we make a whole circle. Well, now if one of you falls apart, now you're only three quarters of a circle. Uh, you keep falling apart, now you're only half a circle. You know what I mean? So if you have two full circles on top of one another, one of them starts to fall apart. The other one is still whole. You can't fill from an empty cup. So I think us communicating and really being in touch with ourselves on our own is something that really, I think, is, is the, the foundation to a really successful marriage is being 100% open. Like there's nothing that I hold back from my wife there. I have no secrets. She has none either. And we talk about everything all yeah. the time. So what I hear you saying from my note takers, because I'm a note taker, and I'll yeah. be putting these in the notes of, on Facebook and on my single you, the podcast, is the tips that you gave, again, a, re a reoccurring theme from the people that I talk to who have healthy marriages. Communication is key. Being an open book, there's no secrets. Also, you didn't say it this way, but I'm going to ask you, do you feel like you have a partnership? Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. So, because I, um, yeah, we really have each other's back. Like there was, a, there was a point in her career where she was getting sick of being in the music business. And she was like, I'm just tired of this. I want to try something else. And she knew some people that worked in real estate. And she was like, I just want to do real estate. And I was like, you know what? Quit your job. We'll cut back on what we're doing for a while. I'll support us. You work towards getting your real estate license and do something different and see if that makes you happy. Yeah. And I had to really convince her to do that. But and then we did and we scaled back on what we were spending and everything. And she quit her job and I kind of took over all the expenses and she focused on that. And she did it for about a year and a half and she was great at it, but she was just not in the right situation with it. So it didn't work out. And she wound up going back into the music business. But, you know, having having her back and doing that is I think that's it's that makes it a partnership because I wasn't resentful of her because of that. Like I had to cut back on my skydiving and some of the fun things that I like to do, like some of my fun activities, because that's a sacrifice I was willing to make, but I didn't resent her for doing that. Yeah. And I think people do that sometimes is when you make a sacrifice for someone, you resent them for that. Whereas think of the sacrifices. I'm just doing this because that's the way it needs to be in a partnership, in a relationship. You make sacrifices and that's just how it is. You don't need to resent the other person for it. I think some people harbor resentment when they make a sacrifice for someone else, like they won't talk about it. And there's sometimes when maybe we've made sacrifices, maybe it's something as simple as watching a TV show or where we go for dinner or something uh, or who we go to visit for the holidays. And even if I resent her a little bit for it, I'll say something. I'm like, you know, this kind of bothers me because of whatever. And then we have the conversation and she acknowledges my feelings. I acknowledge hers and we move forward. And hence the communication comes back in. So yeah so sacrifices they, they happen in any relationship and don't and present that right and and that that is a part of the ups and downs of a relationship not cheating not right. somebody disrespecting you not somebody trying to change the core of you so like you know earlier we were talking about my hair if i had a guy swoop in and he said he only likes girls with straight hair well then he's not the guy for me i don't care how incredible he is i don't care if he's six foot six pack six figures he's not the guy for me and yeah. sometimes we're trying to fit a um what's that saying square peg square and around hole. Yeah. yeah and so i and and so to go back to your circle idea 
you, that's so right. Again, a reoccurring theme through all of these conversations that I'm having, you are whole. I mean, I had my pastor on two weeks ago and we talked about that um, for, for, for um, everybody, even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not religious, you do need to figure out who you are outside of being in a relationship and having kids. Because if you don't, that is when you're, 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 if you don't know who you are, that is a recipe for failure within yourself, in relationships, all, like you are a whole person. I know that Jerry Maguire made us think that somebody can complete us. That is not true. No. And it's not even biblical. <laughs> God doesn't say that. It's not, that's not a thing. It's not I a thing. thought that was cheesy and stupid. You complete me. I was like, yeah, is, why? Listen, what were you missing? What's part of you was missing? Why don't you complete yourself? Right. Okay. I got all my organs I need. I can, I'm breathing oxygen without you. Like I'm good. Um, so I wanted to go back on that point where you were saying, yeah, like singleness is a wonderful thing. It is, you know, my platform, like, so if you're, you're watching this and you're struggling with being single and you're lonely and all of that, I want you to maximize your single season. And you do that by figuring out who you are, living your best life. If you like skydiving like Riggs, do that once a month. Whatever it is, do it. I think um, a lot. Uh, one of the conversations I'm having with uh, a lot of my my female friends, my women friends, whatever. Women think that, well, I can't do it because I don't have a man to do it with me. Like take myself out, buy a house. I bought this house. I am married. We we think we have to pause our life until we get the guy. So I, ho I hope that you're hearing as you're watching this or listening to this, um, singleness is not a punishment and you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. There is beauty in marriage and there is beauty in single. They are the, being married is just a different choice. It's not the prize. You're not better because you're married. You're, it's just, it is what it is. The Bible talks about that as well. So let's get to, um, we'll end on the kids situation, and then I'll ask you one more question. But you, you don't have any kids, and neither do I, and neither does your wife, obviously. No. How has that been? Do you feel like society is like, why don't you have kids? You're married. The purpose of marriage is to have kids. <laughs> how is that? How has that journey been? Because you guys have been married now ten years. Yeah. So how has that journey been? And and if you could share, if you don't want to, that's okay. But why did you guys make the choice to not have kids? Uh, that was something that we discussed very early on in our dating was the idea of children. Obviously wanted to be in a marriage with somebody. That's something you want to discuss. I think marriage, finances, faith, you need to be on the same page on a lot of things going into a marriage because these are parts of your life. Um, the faith part is fun with us because we have like a smorgasbord of religions with Catholicism with me. Her father was a Buddhist, a Japanese Buddhist. He married a Japanese Buddhist. So we've got Buddhism in the family. We've got Judaism in the family. We're just missing like Islam and we'll have like the whole trifecta of religions. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so we decided at a really early on, it's hard to find, as a man, it's hard to find a woman that doesn't want to have kids because I think a lot of women have that maternal instinct and they want to they want to have a baby and they want to you know raise a child and they want to, you know, it's a, women are awesome, dude. If you can grow a, a human being in your body, like if I could do that, like, I wouldn't want to try that for, I'd be like, whoa, I can grow a human in my body. That's cool. But she's, my wife has never had that feeling. She's never had that maternal instinct she's where she just wants to have a baby, wants to have a family. And she's had the same issue as finding men that don't want to have kids. And 
when we both kind of talked about it, I was like, when I was much younger, I raised my three siblings. I helped raise my three siblings. I was there when they were growing up from babies to probably six or seven years old. I helped with watch. I was forced to babysitting them when I was younger. When I was a teenager, I helped change diapers. I've watched Disney films with them. I've you know, stayed at home on Friday and Saturday nights as a teenager watching my sisters. So, and I saw what a toll it took on my parents and I've seen sometimes having children would going back to the sacrifice thing, you're making sacrifices in your marriage. Now you're making more sacrifices for your children because you want the best for your children. You want to raise good humans in the society. So, um, and I've seen some people that are the greatest parents raise some of the shittiest children. <laughs> you could be a really good parent and still raise terrible children. I mean, it's, it's happened before. So you could be a great parent and still raise horrible children, but I just, I never had that in me as well, because I, I saw my parents growing up. I was with my siblings and I was like, I don't think this is for me. I just, I, I never had that paternal instinct, the fatherly, like I want to have a son and, you know, you know, take him out and play baseball with him. I just, I don't have that in me. And my wife doesn't have that either. So the pressure doesn't really come from society as much as it came from our family, because our families both are still from that mindset of you have to get married. You have to have kids because any normal person will tell you when you're single, why don't you have a boyfriend? When you have a boyfriend, when you get married, when you get married, when you're having kids, when you have a kid, when you're having another kid, it's like society never stops. They always want more. And the family was kind of like that too. They were like, well, now you're going to have kids, right? No, no, you're going to have grandkids, right? No, we, we don't want to have children. Like that's just, it's not our thing. And it took, it was, probably a couple of years of both of our families telling them that we honestly didn't want children. We just, it's not for us and it's not for everybody. And I don't hate children. I mean, I love my, my co-host Allie has two kids that I buy like Bigfoot research kits and I love hanging out with them. And um, once COVID is over, I'll take those, I'll take the kids out and I like hanging out with kids, but I like renting them. It's like having a Lamborghini. Like, I don't think I want to buy a Lamborghini, but you know, I'll rent one for a weekend and I like hanging out with kids and I have all the respect for people that want to have children. That might be for you. And if it is for you, that's great. More power to you. Just understand that you're also now dividing more attention from your marriage now to a child. And that's another thing that you need to decide on with your spouse is now, how are you going to parent? How are you going to raise this child? And that's where a lot of problems in marriage stem from with it's not the fact that you're having children. It's the fact that you now have disagreements on who's, who has the child for this? How are you raising the child with this? Are we getting them baptized? Are we not getting them baptized? Are we so many decisions that I, we don't even want to deal with. And that's just, I, and I feel like not having children has given us the freedom to just focus on each other and still focus on ourselves as well, because my wife's an only child. She doesn't have any siblings. And I don't really talk with my siblings, so I'm kind of an only child as well, I feel like. So we still work on, we still have, we still are able to work on ourselves. And like my wife loves a, a Saturday just hanging out by herself and on her computer shopping online for things. And I like to go on a Saturday morning and I go to the airport and I jump out of perfectly good airplanes. That's <laughs> what I do for fun. You and the skydiving, I've seen your picture all of it. Like, thing, yeah. Like, but, that but both, I mean, we have respect for each other's personal and private time and our alone time, and we can be separate humans and we can be to, you know, be our marriage as well. It's, it's the same thing as being friends and being lovers as well. It's like a, it's a, it's a, the best of both worlds. And it, it truly is that. So.
I we're able to travel as well, so we can drop everything and go to Antarctica, which we've done. Right. So you guys definitely are the traveling. Well, at least before COVID, you you you, you were. Yeah. And having these conversations for me, being a single woman with no kids, coming on thirty-eight in five months, have been so refreshing um, because everything that I thought before I started having these like conversations just keeps getting confirmed. And I feel like it's, it's God's way of saying, I told you if you do it my way, I got you older girl, <laughs> like I got you. Um, and so, you yeah. know, I, I definitely use my platform to confirm for single women, cause that's who I coach, sorry guys, but guy, I, whoever is taking the message, but my message is whatever, first you have to know who you are. You have to know what you want. You have to have the audacity to believe that you can get it and then the patience to wait for it instead of settling because that's what people do. They get married and they have kids. And I, I just believe that there are a lot of miserable people and the numbers do show that with how many divorces are going on. A lot of miserable people who get married and then divorce and you don't know why. Being in a marriage that's broken and having a kid to fix it is the same as being single and thinking that being in a relationship will fix you. It's not going to work. You're, being with somebody is not going to make you complete if you're not happy yourself. If you're in an unhappy marriage, having a baby is not going to make you happy. You're just going to be miserable together. And if anything, it's going to mask the problems that you have in your marriage, which is what I feel like happened with my parents that were married for 30 years. I honestly think I feel like there were problems for the entire 30 years, but they were raising my siblings. So all of their problems were masked. Because saying, a lot of people want to stay married for the kids, which yeah, that's maybe a different podcast but i would say probably not the best idea um, <laughs> talk to married people about tying their identity to children there you go <laughs> that too right and for for those who because i'm sure your people who are watching maybe are asking i don't have kids because it, it's just never been i'm not married so for me if i ever get married kids would be the topic of discussion and we would have it obviously before i got married but it's looking like that just may not happen because i'm now about to be 38 and that's okay. I, I don't think a man or kids complete me. I'm just whatever God has for me is what he has for me. And I'm living my best life right now, building my coaching business. And that's okay, right? Like I, I, I have found so much beauty in being single these past three years. And really too, because I had a, after my abusive ex, I was like you, I had a mishap. But back on track now. Right. I had a little speed bump after that abusive relationship because apparently I needed to learn one more lesson. Um, so Jamie says that she is watching from your page because you shared it. And she says, my parents divorced when I was 12 and it was nasty. I learned regardless of if I choose to marry or stay single to make a career for myself that I never had to stay or be with someone I didn't want to be for financial reasons only. Yes. I think a lot okay. of women and I've heard women say this, well, I just want a man because I want him to save me or I, I need him to pay for my life or I, and that's like, do you know how many careers or jobs or own a business or something else you could do besides waiting for that guy? Because then you really put yourself in a situation for all kinds of abuse, physical, emotional, money, all of that. So, um, all right, before we close out, is there anything that we missed? Do you feel like we should touch on? I feel, like we've been talking, I feel like we've been talking for over an hour now, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we touched on a lot of things, I think. 
We did. And I could talk to you forever. And usually my podcast go for an hour. So this is perfect timing. Um, that's yeah. why I wanted to close out, but I wanted to make sure we didn't miss anything. So um, Any if, questions for us or about me or anything I said or you said. Um, okay. So let's see. That'd be my only things. Uh, Jamie we, says. We talked, about, we talked about a lot of stuff. So. Right. We did. We did. Jamie said, I'm a single mom and these talks help me. They help me recognize that I need to be patient and that I don't need to settle. No, you don't, Jamie. And so, okay, so are there any questions for Riggs or myself or anything else you want us to touch on? I'll give you guys a few minutes to type that. And while maybe you're typing a question, I'll say you can find Riggs. I call him Riggs. His first name is Andy, as you see on the screen, Andy Riggs um, on Facebook as Andy uh, Riggs Radio, right? Riggs Radio everywhere. Riggs Radio everywhere. And then his podcast where he brings on psychologists. I mean, basically doing the same, but with a psychology lens. Because you're going back to school for that and all of that. I talk to men about their stories. I've talked to some guys about their journeys. Um, I'm talking to a friend, my friend that I talked about that had COVID and everything. Yeah. I'm talking about him with his journey in a couple of weeks on an upcoming yeah, episode. So. Yeah, I can't wait. I'll be listening. I do listen. Yeah, so thank you. your podcast, and I'll put it in the show notes as well here on Facebook and on the podcast. Rigs off the radio. That's right. The radio. That is the podcast name. And because you shared this on your page, I just want to say, um, my name is Rika. I am a friend of Riggs. I've known Riggs for over 12, 13, 14, since I was 26 and I'm 30, about to be 38 in June. Um, so hi for anybody who does not know who I am. I am a certified NLP life coach. So that's neuro-linguistic programming. So I've been definitely studying the brain and I'm gonna be getting some more certificates here um, to just keep growing in my coaching business. And so I help the ambitious millennial single woman discover her worth so that she can stop tying her worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser. So if you want better when it comes to being single and loving it, with your boundaries and all of that, I am the coach for you. So you can reach out to me. I'm sure I'm tagged on Riggs. Well, he shared it. So below, I think will be the tag. Yeah. Um, other and, than I will tell, and I will tell you that um, I've known Riggs to be doing this for how long have you been doing this? Months? Dude, it'll be two years. And two years? my business license is right here. <laughs> so it'll be two years in May. Two years you've been doing this now? Yes. Yeah, I know. Wow. I feel like you've been doing this for years, honestly. Like from the, from you have so many detailed things, like your emails, your website, everything about it. You're doing it right. And if you're a single woman, and like Rika just said, she literally does all of those things and more. So look into her because she's an amazing woman. So, well, thank you. I'm, well, I'm, excited, I'm excited to talk to your wife next week. And other than that, I guess if that is the end, I can uh, end this Facebook Live. Yeah. I have three questions for you, okay? What if you took not being in a dysfunctional relationship seriously? What if you took healing and your growth in your single season seriously? So what I don't want for you, I don't want you to be upset at men and think in absolutes because you were treated poorly or even abused by men in your past. I don't want you to have that on your heart. You know, the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So if you are angry at the world, you're angry at men, you think all men are terrible, 
Yeah, it's because early on you did not guard your heart. And so now everything that you think is flowing from your heart. Out of the mouth comes the heart. So what it sounds like is you need to start doing some heart work. What if you took doing your heart work seriously? So you're like, okay, yes. I want to take that seriously, Rika. I don't want to be a bitter woman. I want healing. And I never want to be in a dysfunctional relationship again, but I don't know how to start. I got you. Let's start here. Start in my free masterclass that's coming up on February the 9th. Because what I do know is that if you do start dating, you want to know if he's lying to you sooner rather than later, don't you? See, the fear of being treated poorly again or abused again or the fear of, well, I don't know if he's lying to me or not. I know that's heavy on your heart. So I got you, February 9th. If you want to know if he's lying to you sooner rather than later, I am going to cover my three tips to help you spot a liar immediately. On the same masterclass, I am going to give you my four-step formula that will keep you out of a dysfunctional relationship, okay? So again, in this masterclass coming up on February 9th and February 11th, you get to choose what time and date you can come to. We're going to cover three things. My three tips to help you spot a liar. The four steps that I use and I teach my clients that will keep you out of a dysfunctional relationship if you execute it. You're also going to hear real life examples of women who have discovered their worth and stopped tying their identity to men because of my four step formula. I've been able to bottle it up and bring it out in steps in order to teach you, right? And so as Maya Angelou told us, when you learn, you teach. I would love to teach you in my masterclass. It is free and it's coming up quickly. So again, I told you February 9th, February 11th, when you sign up, you'll choose your time. So all you have to do to sign up for my four-step formula that will keep you out of a dysfunctional relationship. And yes, we're gonna cover my three tips that will help you spot a liar because I know you want to know if he's lying to you sooner rather than later. So we're going to cover all that in this masterclass. So to sign up, you can go ahead and go to the link in my bio right now, or just go ahead and send me a DM. Okay. So of course on Instagram, I am just me Rika. That's R-E-K-A. But again, all of those links will be in the show notes. Just scroll down. You click on it. I made the link clickable. You fill out your form. All I need is your name and your email and boom, I'll send you the information for joining this masterclass. My four-step formula that will keep you out of a dysfunctional relationship. I know you want to come. I know you're excited. Now invite your friends as well. Have them sign up at the website you are going to to sign up as well, okay? Let me know if you have any questions for me. As always, if you need to reach out to me, feel free. My DM is open to you. And the last question that I will ask you, what if you took your healing in your single season seriously? What would happen? And what will happen if you don't?